Well, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Doing all right? Doing all right? If you would make your way back to your seat, I was just telling Marcus, uh, he wore a shirt, looks just like mine. I'm glad he wore, uh, didn't wear the same kind of shoes or y'all had a hard time telling us apart this morning. Uh, you'd have never known who was preaching, who was leading worship because we look so much alike, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> anyway, hey, welcome to church. We're glad you're here this morning. If you didn't get a guide, raise your hand. Ushers will bring them to you and uh, they're happy to do that. Sermon notes in there. While we're doing that, inside of there, there's a connection card that actually you can fill out. If you are first-time guest, we are really excited that you're here this morning. Thank you for joining us. I know there's a lot of places you could be, uh, but God led you here. So I believe God's got something to say to you in the next few minutes. But uh, if you're a first-time guest and you would fill out that connection card for us, just ask for four pieces of information. Makes it real quick. Mark first-time guest. That would be amazing. If you have prayer requests... Flip it over on the back, and there's a place for you to write out your prayer request. Prayer team every Tuesday that uh, does prayer on Tuesdays, and we will pray over your prayer request. For those of you, it's your first time here. Also, we do our, our giving a little bit differently. We don't pass buckets, just so you know. So when you're wondering when that ha- doesn't happen, we have boxes in the back. So you can put your tithes and offerings in the back if it's your first time here. Don't feel compelled to give. We're just glad you're here. Uh, But uh, I just want to say thank you so much for everybody for your faithful giving. It allows us to do so many amazing things. A couple quick announcements. Uh, One is a really good announcement that there is something out there, and we need to get the word out on this. Okay, Here's, here's the deal. Lake County was given millions of dollars of stimulus money, right? And it is to put into, first it was to put into businesses. Now it's to put into residents' hand to help them. You know what they've had a problem with is giving the money away because not enough people are filing for it kind of a scenario. So the city manager, Al Minter, called me this week. He's like, Mike, you got to help me, dude. Get the word out. So listen to me. Here's the deal. If you can't do it, tell someone else. There's something called the Lake Cares. I'm going to say it right. Lake County Resident Assistance Program. Okay, you need to look it up. We've sent it out. We'll post it. We'll give you the opportunity to go straight to it. But here's what it does. Listen, if you've had any kind of issue because of COVID, you file and you can get up to $4,000 to pay your rent and your electric bill and all this kind of stuff. And we need to give the money away because there's a certain amount of money they have to give away to get the rest of the money from the federal government. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Lake County's not going to get the money that's been allocated to us if we don't get it out there. So please, um, if you don't, if you, if you're going, wait, I don't know what that is. Call the office. We can send you a link or we can email you a link or put it on a connect card and we'll know that you need to know more information, but really, really important that we get the word out there. I mean, there's a lot of people that could, that could use $4,000. You know what I'm saying? Like that might buy some, anyway, no, I'm just saying, um, I thought about following myself and then just giving it away. So if you've had some COVID uh, issues that you are legit to file, then let me encourage you to do this. File it and give it away. File it and give it to somebody who actually has need if you, if you don't have that same need. So let's, let's do that. Um, Fifth Sunday's coming up next month. Uh, every, every time there's five Sundays in a month, we do Fifth Sunday Family Worship, which means all the children come in and worship with us. Gives our children's ministry an opportunity to worship with us. It's a loud, noisy service. It's fantastic. I really like it. Um, and most of the parents are kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's great. But, uh, but, uh, the reason we do that is, you know, I used to have to sit in a pew. Come on, somebody. Anybody else have to sit in the pew? And if you even moved, you got the stank eye, you know what I'm talking about? My dad, this is no joke, my fifth birthday, I had a bunch of boys spend the night at our house, and I got them to spend the night on a Saturday night, and our church was two blocks from our house. My dad, who was a Marine, 
marched us down to the church with one of them red wiffle ball bats. Remember the big red that looks like a caveman thing? My dad holding the bat marched us down. If everybody got out of line, bonk, get back in line kind of deal. Marched us down, sat us in the front row and made us sit there all during the service. All the parents said, that's the greatest my kid has ever been in church. So the reason we do Fifth Sunday Family Worship is good for your kids to sit still and learn to sit still a little bit. It's good for your kids to see you worship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But on fifth Sundays, we also do child dedications and baptisms. So if that's something you'd like to be a part of, we'd love to have you sign up. Get online and sign up for that. And then uh, man camp is coming up real soon. So men get registered for man camp. And, uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun to get out there with the guys and do that and learn a little bit about manhood. And then my last announcement is Life Step starts today. Today is step one. If you are new to the church, let me encourage you. We have four weeks that we ask you to consider giving us to give an opportunity for you to hear not only about our church, the vision of the church, but also to discover purpose and destiny in your life and maybe learn just a little bit more about this walk with God than you thought. So if you've not gone to Life Steps, let me encourage you to join me today right after service. Go out in the lobby, take a left down the hallway, you'll see the rock. And we've got a sign there that says Life Steps. So I'll meet you there after service. We'll do about 45 minutes today. Try to get you get you out. I know you're going to listen to me for 30 minutes and then have to listen to me for 45 again. I get tired of hearing me. I understand that. So I'm going to get you out quick. Okay. But join us for Life Steps today. That would be awesome. We have been studying Galatians and we are in week five. So if you're new, um, you're kind of coming in in the middle. I'm going to catch up. Don't worry. We'll catch up really fast. But I want to jump right in to Galatians 5 verse 1. It says this. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What is it about us that we will, we will come to a moment where we realize that God forgives us, loves us, and then we'll get a week or two out and we'll pick that thing back up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like we pick back up that shame, what, maybe that dark thing that you thought of earlier when I brought that up. That we pick that back up. And this is what he's talking about here. Do not let yourselves be buried again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you, uh, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Okay, now let me catch you up. Because no, we're not talking about circumcision. And no, it's not part of our life step. So don't worry about it. But, um, yeah, we're praying about it. No, I'm kidding. But... But, but what's going on in Galatia is there was a bunch of new believers, right, that, that actually accepted Christ and heard the message of Jesus and the grace of the gospel, and it's all grace and nothing you can do. And then behind, here comes some Jewish guys that say, you know what, it's all fine and good, we're glad you know Jesus, welcome to the family, but... Uh, we're going to pull some Old Testament. We're going to pull some old rules and some old laws back in. And in other words, we're going to reinstitute something called religion. We're going to get away from this thing where it's relationship-based and grace-based, and we're going to put some religion. And so the whole argument was about circumcision. Now, for us, that's not an argument. But the reality being that we so often will go back to religion, right? We, we will so quickly go back to this idea of how many verses did I read today? That's religion. The question is not how many verses did I read. The question is how much did I see Jesus today when I read his word? Because that's the goal. See the difference? Real subtle difference. But one is religion and the other is relationship. Right? And that's, and that's kind of what the whole book of Galatians has been about. So week one we talked about the gospel versus the fake gospel. Right? Gospel means good news. So we got good news and we got fake news. 
right? Not today's fake news, but the gospel fake news. The, the reality that you can't earn your way to heaven. There's nothing you can do other than accept the grace that God has for you. And it's of nothing that you do. There's, there's nothing. There's not, it is a, it's a free gift, right? But religion comes in and says, no, you have to probably do this and you have to do that and you have to do. And then week two, we talked about the only way for us to get to that place is to die to self. We're battling this thing called flesh. And anybody else, anybody else struggle with, I know that's the wrong thing to do, but I do it anyway. Anybody? I was sitting on the couch yesterday, y'all, watching football. And I'm eating boiled peanuts. And I'm th- and they were good. They were like Cajun boiled peanuts with the chunks of potato in them that were just like spicy, burn your lips stuff. You know, I mean, like I heard angels singing. It was phenomenal. But all of a sudden it hit me. I'm sitting there and I'm eating. And I'm thinking, you're full. But you're full. Come on, anybody else? Right? That there's something about our flesh that keeps wanting more and more and more when it's not necessarily the need that we have. And so we've got this battle going on with our flesh. So, so week three, we talked about the gospel is grace-based. And then last week talked about being sons and daughters, this adoption into, into God's family, sonship. When, you, when, you're, when you're a son, you're an heir. Right? You're, you're not an employee. You're not working for God. You're an heir. You're part of the family. Different mentality, religion, relationship. Do you hear it? So let's pick back up in our, in our verse here. It says, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Stop. My favorite thought through this whole Galatians study has been those guys that just got circumcised when the letter comes. Are you tracking with me? Like that guy's having a hard time sitting down. You know what I'm talking about? And the letter comes and he's like, are you serious right now? And, and, and that the reality being how often are, are we chasing God in wrong ways? And we find ourselves in a place where, where maybe we're, uh, we're, we're struggling with something. We're struggling because we keep practicing this idea of Religion Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. The whole law. You know how many laws are in the Old Testament? Over 600. And so this is, this is what, what the word says, what Paul says to Galatia. What he would say to us is, listen, church, if you're going to try to be law-based, if you're going to try and, and obey laws and rules, guess what? Then you're obligated to do all of them. Right? Like that, that's, that's what he's saying to them here. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. What does it mean to be justified? Well, what it means is that if you were to stand before God right now, if if something happened this afternoon and it was your time and you went home and you were standing before God, to be justified means that he looks at you and sees nothing wrong. Sees no fault. It's to be justified, right? Right? And justification, we've studied, comes only because of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, right? It's his death, burial, and resurrection that covers all of our sin, and so we can stand before God. But it says here, but, but those of you that are, that are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ because that doesn't, catch me, that doesn't justify you. It doesn't matter how many Sunday school pins you have. 
It doesn't matter if you read 10 verses or chapters this morning. The question is, did you have relationship with Jesus? Do you know him? Is it personal? You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from what? Grace. Fallen away from grace. Right? This, this continual struggle inside of us. Keep going. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision nor any other rule following or Sunday school pins or anything else that we do has any value. The only thing that counts is, catch this, faith expressing itself through love. Faith express, expressing itself through love. In other words, we made this journey with Christ so weird because we've come up with so many crazy traditions of man that we say are normal to church. And we call it church and we get together and church has got to look like this and it's got to look like that. And it has to have this sort of, and, 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 we, and we create, you know why we have all the different denominations? Religious thinking. Can I, can I say something really kind of weird? I didn't put this in my note, just popped in my head. You're sitting around people right now that don't actually believe everything the same way you do. Like I guarantee you, we could take your row and get into a, some kind of a theological argument. And I love that. Because I've grown up going to churches that were in denominations and there was a denominational doctrinal statement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And like you either were part of that doctrinal statement or you're not. And to me, that's where we, we form religion. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? As opposed to the reality that we're all on this journey of having a relationship with Jesus. And guess what? You're going to get to heaven and be wrong. I, I'm going to get to heaven and be wrong. There are probably things I have stood right in this spot and said, and I'm going to get to heaven and Jesus is going to go, uh-uh, uh-uh. Come on, man. Listen to me. That we don't hold so much on to religion and all these things that we do and traditions as much as we hold on to Jesus. And we hold on to a real relationship, an understanding of, of who he is. Faith is expressing itself through love. You were running a good race, he says. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. It doesn't come from God, right? It doesn't come from God. And then he goes on and says, a little yeast works its way through the whole batch. Takes so little to knock us off track. Would you agree? Takes so little, like just a little bit. Messes up the whole loaf is what that's saying. Just a little bit of something inside of our heart. Just a little bit of religion. Check this out. Galatians 3 and pick it up in verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You're called to be free. What is, what is freedom? Listen, freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want. That's not the definition of freedom. Freedom is the ability to fulfill and become who you were created to be. Are you hearing me? You have a creator that designed you to be a certain way and live a certain way. And it is a sinful nature inside of us, a flesh inside of us that is battling against this and saying, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it my own way. Come on. We started that when we were kids, right? 
Mom, mom says, do this. And everything inside of you is going, no. Right? Go in there in the kids' ministry. And you can see sinful nature, live and well. Right? But I also, I could come to your office or your living room. Come on. And see it alive and well. Something inside of us. Fighting and battling against us. No, I don't want to do it. I want to do it my own way. I know we're supposed to. Like, you know, what is it inside of Mike? Don't touch that. All right, this, this battle that, that it's inside. You were called to be free. Listen to this. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. In other words, you weren't given this freedom that, okay, now you can do whatever you want. That's not the definition of freedom, right? The definition of freedom that you can fulfill and be who God's called you to be. But rather, check this out. Here it comes again. Serve one another humbly in love. Humbly in love. That is one thing I'm really having a hard time seeing in our culture right now is humility. Come on. If you're, if you're a Democrat, Republicans are idiots. If you're a Republican, Democrats are idiots. Right? I mean, if you're a, a Fox watcher, you know, Nancy Pelosi's the Antichrist. Some of y'all actually believe that. We need to pray over y'all. Listen, listen. We've gotten to a point where we've gotten so crazy and polarized that we've, listen, church, we've forgotten who we are. We were called to walk humbly in love. Do you remember what Jesus did when he took the towel and he put it on his arm and he got on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet? Took the, took the job. I mean, that is... That is who we are called to be, walk humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Catch this. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is a huge statement because you love you. You do. Don't lie like you don't. You love you. I said it to a guy. I met with a guy this week who was launching a church in Orlando. We're praying for City Alive Church. Pastor Chase and his wife, as they're launching a church in January. Can you imagine trying to launch a church right now? COVID, all this sort of stuff. So he and I met at Oakwood because we had need to have some holy barbecue. And, um, and um, the angels sing with that hot sauce. I don't know what it is. I love it. I eat it a lot. But anyway, but, but we met and, and I told him this. I said, Chase, let me just say this to you from an old man, okay? There are three things that has taught Mike how selfish he is. Marriage, parenting, and being a senior pastor. Those are the three things that I look at and I go, man, can I see myself? Can I see my selfishness? Right? That why can't Jennifer Matheny just do things the way I want her to do them? And why can't she just think the way I, th- she's a woman, but she needs to learn to think like a man. Right? This, this selfish nature, this thing inside, this flesh that we're so battling, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Catch this and think about the news today. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So the scripture says this, listen, walk by the spirit 
That's what we're going to talk about today. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then he starts to give us some, 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 some things that we see if we're operating in the flesh. Here he goes. The acts of the flesh are obvious. First, he's going to talk sort of sexual and, and personal, right? Sexual immorality. Let me define it for you so you know. Biblically, sexual immorality is any sexual act outside of marriage between a man and a woman is sexual immorality. Any act. That's, that's a reality. Impurity. Debauchery. Idolatry. That's a word we go, uh, you know, we don't really do that idol thing anymore. We don't, we don't walk into places and see like, you know, these idols or maybe you don't have idols in your house. But listen to me. Can I explain to you what idolatry is? It's just putting anything above God. So that boyfriend or girlfriend that you give all your energy to, that can be an idol. Your possessions, your money, that addiction is an idol. Right? Then it talks about witchcraft. And we go, okay, well, we had a Halloween last night. Other than that, we don't really do witchcraft. But let me redefine witchcraft for you. Witchcraft is just trying to control or manipulate others. Do we practice witchcraft here and there? Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. That's Pastor Mike driving. Selfish ambition dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, let me me explain this a little bit. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not a statement that you won't go to heaven. That sounds like that, but it's not. Listen to me. You inherit the kingdom of God actually in this place. Like we see his kingdom come in this place. And so what that means is if you do those things, if if you follow the flesh... Right then, what you're going to see is you're not going to see God's best results here. You're, you're you're going to see bad results in your the generations that follow you because the sin follows to the generations behind us. Right? I, I I cannot tell you how often after I had kids that I would have some kind of a temptation or you know you know I, I always talk about me driving, but I got plenty of other places that I get upset and have temptation. Anybody? Am I the only one that has temptation in here? Good. It's you and me. Good. But, but, but listen, and, and I cannot tell you how many times I've stopped and thought, God, if I follow through on this, what will be the consequences on my girls? You can talk about check your spirit just a little bit, check your heart just a little bit, right? And that we understand that, 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 that there's, there's this ongoing battle. We all have these areas of struggles. As a matter of fact, I'm so grateful for Paul and his transparency, Romans 7 and 19. I want to do what is good. Come on, somebody. But I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anybody? Anybody? All right, so I I, I think we're all on the same page, right? We're all looking at this reality of this thing inside of us, that that silly little cartoon of the angel on this shoulder and the, the little devil on the other shoulder going, do it, don't do it. Don't do it, right? Kind of a thing going on inside of us. So there's a flesh. There's, there's this sinful nature that we're dealing with. And that they're trying, Paul's trying to deal with there in Galatia. And I think he's trying to deal with us. And there's this tension. 
And there's a tension because the flesh has things it produces and the spirit has things it produces in our lives. Let me show you what I mean. Give you just a few examples. The flesh produces bondage. It it, it produces bondage. How does it produce bondage? Well, one, when I get into tough situations, and I don't have to describe these, but when you sin and when you find yourself in places, it creates bad scenarios for you, right? I mean, I'm sitting and I'm looking out and D'Agostino's our police officer today and he's out there and I'm thinking there's certain things that we do that bondage is going to be handcuffs in Lake County Jail. But the other being that once we get in sinful situations, it becomes bondage to us. But listen to me, the fruit of the spirit or that what the spirit produces is freedom. We battle against what is best for us. We, we battle, it's, it's me sitting there eating bowl peanuts, gaining weight, but I'm full, but that tater is so good, right? And this continue battle, the, the, the flesh produces doubt, the spirit produces faith. The, the flesh produces religion that I think I can earn my way to heaven or I can, I can make an angry God happy with me. No, 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 no. The spirit produces relationship. Creator of the universe wants you just like you are. Religion is how I act, is, is, I'm concerned about how I act more than who I am or who I know. The flesh produces legalism and the spirit produces grace. And so God desires you to live in freedom, to have faith or trust in him through a relationship by grace. So let's talk about living in the spirit. That's how we're going to close out today. And what I want to do is give you three very practical things. Because sometimes we over-spiritualize the things of God. And so honestly, I'm going to give you what I think is almost a Christianity 101. Like nothing I'm going to say in the next few minutes for those of you who have been in church any amount of time is going to be like revelatory. As much as it's going to be, do we actually do it? Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Cause like we've heard it so much that it becomes Charlie Brown teacher. Wah, 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 wah. So I'm going to pray right now because I'm going to ask God to deal with our flesh for just a minute. Are you hearing me? That we might push in into his word. Let's pray. Father, I acknowledge my flesh man right now. I acknowledge that I don't do what I want to do and I don't do what I should do. So in the next few moments, Holy Spirit, I focus on you. Would you give me revelation? Would you talk to me individually? Would you talk to each person that we can be real with ourselves and with you that we might just not walk out here the same today, but that we choose to do something a little bit different to grow our living by your spirit. We pray it in Jesus name and all God's people said, amen. Galatians 5 and 22, but the fruit of the spirit, here we go. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, the children's church, man. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, 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 you know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever sing that? Oh, you good Baptist. Awesome. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness. Uh, uh, if these are the fruits of our lives, catch me on this. This is why we can talk religion or relationship. If those fruits are in our lives, guess what? Rules are unnecessary. Are you catching me? Like, if I'm loving and kind and gentle, I don't need a rule that tells me, be nice to your wife. 
right? I, I, don't, I don't need someone to say to me, don't yell at the old lady in the left lane. Because patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Are, are, you, are you hearing, right? The, the, the reality of this? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So what does it look like to live by the Spirit and see that kind of fruit come out in our life? Number one, simple stuff. Number one, living by the Spirit, it requires me to see. It requires me to see. Anybody ever walk into a dark garage? I mean like pitch black, dark. Or a dark room? Isn't it amazing how your little toe can always find the side of the cabinet or the couch? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever broke one of those? It's nasty. Like, but, but, but here's what's amazing is you could take this if you got it in your pocket and hit it. And what happens? You can see. Some of you guys have been doing 5 a.m. prayer with me. That's my morning. Every morning. Just so you know, if you wonder what Pastor Mike's doing in the morning, 345. The alarm goes off. I walk in and I don't want to wake up Jen yet because it's not time for her, but I'm trying to get, I don't want to turn the big light on in my office. You know what I mean? Like the blinding, you know, kind of thing. So I want to get across to the desk where the lamp is and do the lamp so we can like gradually get there as I'm trying to focus at 345. So I walk in, but I've got a desk chair and I never remember where I left the desk chair. So this is every morning. This is what I do. I'll do it tomorrow morning, 345. I'll get up, grab my phone because it's my alarm. And I go walking in and I kind of, at first I forget. And I'm like, where's the chair? And then I'm like, oh yeah, oh, the chair's right there. Listen to me. We walk around in a dark world. I'm not really sure what it is about Christians that we, we're in denial, I guess. Because we're sinful, everyone else is sinful. We've been learning that since we were in Sunday school. We live in a sinful place, yet we're so surprised when stupid happens. Like you live surrounded by sinners and then something goes wrong and you're like, oh my gosh. And we freak out like, like we freak, listen to me. Darkness is coming. Darkness is there. Well, gosh, I'm glad I came to church this morning. Pastor Mike, why don't you be more positive? Okay. I'm positive. Darkness is coming and darkness is there. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to me? Listen to me. You need something to be able to see. You've got to have a tool. You've got to have something to be able to give a little bit of light to the situation. When you get that medical diagnosis, come on. Or when you get that phone call, or when the love of your life breaks your heart, breaks up with you. Come on, anybody in here ever been in a dark place? You know, a dark place where you didn't know which way to turn. You didn't know which direction to go. You didn't know what was the right next decision. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. In other words, when you read your word, you're not doing it for religious reasons. It's not to appease an angry God. It's not to check off the to-do list. Although there's ones of us that like our list and we like checking things off. My wife is a and she likes checking lists off, right? She just got a new Apple Watch and those circles. Every day she's like, oh, I got to close my circle. And she goes walking around, right? You know, like some of you like doing the list thing. Listen to me. God's not keeping a list. 
Do you know why you have the word? Because it's a light. I don't know if you've thought about this, but when you get up in the morning and you read your word, listen to me, the creator of the universe is trying to talk to you about today. Have you ever stopped and had an interaction enough to say, hey, so God, this is what I'm reading today. Show me how this is going to tie into today. Show me how I'm supposed to use this at work today or how I'm supposed to use this with my kids today or what kind of relevance this has to today. And then I get up looking for, where is it? What is it that God is saying today? What is it that I'm supposed to act out today? What, do, you, do, you, do you hear that? Let me give you an example. Somebody gets a medical diagnosis. They're in a dark place. Let's say it's a, it's a hard one, you know? It's a, it's a cancer. It's, it's something terminal type of scenario. And you're in that place, and we've all been there where you're just like stunned at first. And you don't know what to think and what to do. And then James 5 and 14 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Guess what just happened? Just, I just turned a light on. I got a little bit of understanding of a possible path. Are you, are you tracking with me? Like just a little bit of a possibility of a direction that I might go in this. So, so maybe you call and you come and... The, Elders lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, and we do all what the Bible says to do, and then nothing happens. And we're back in a dark place. And then somebody reminds us of Philippians 1.21. Listen to this. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm a believer. If I believe heaven is heaven, then it's better than this place. Then if he wants me to stay here, it's going to be great. I'll be able to continue to do what he's called me to do. But if I go to heaven, do, do you see, do you understand how the word is a light? The word helps to frame our thought process so that we deal with this world in a different way. It is a light. Now, for some of you, listen to me, you say, well, I don't know my Bible like that. I wouldn't know how to find that. That's why it's so critical for you to be in relationship with people who do. That's why you need to be in a small group. Right? So that you can be around a group of men or a group of ladies and you say, I'm in this situation. And they go, oh, hey, the word says this. Let me put a little light on the situation because you need to be able to see. Right? Every day. Listen to me tomorrow. Some of you tomorrow are going to have some cockapoo titi happen. Right? You're going to have some stuff. And listen to me. You need to be able to see. You need to be reminded that God is still God. You need to be reminded tomorrow morning when that comes that God didn't come up off his throne. Oh my gosh, did you see what happened? It doesn't surprise God. He's got it. He's sitting there and he knows he's got a plan. His word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Let me give you another example. It's not in your notes. Psalm 121 says this. I lift my eyes up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? Some of you may not understand this. I was blessed enough to be able to understand this in person as I stood in the ancient ruins of Corinth in Greece. And there's a mountain right there. On the other side of that mountain is a sea, is, is the ocean. And on top of that mountain, there's an old fortress. And so back in the day when Corinth was a city and Paul and all of them were hanging out there, up on top of the mountain was where all of the military 
right? And all those that would guard were stationed. And so they could see out to the sea and they could see as far as they could see in the land. And they had lookouts and they would look out and they would be like, oh, we got invaders coming from this side. And they would send the army down to protect. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? This verse says this. I lift my eyes up to the mountain because that's, man, I'm, I'm counting on the government to take care of me. Uh, we better get that right guy in, the, in, in this president this year. Boy, got quiet up in this Presbyterian church. Come on. And he says, wait, wait, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, who will not let your foot slip, who will watch over you and you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade, your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forever. Do you feel that? Did you, you feel that? You know what just happened is a little light came on, right? A little light into our situation. You got to be able to see. So we go to God's word for light. You cannot go where you cannot see. You cannot avoid darkness each day, but you can forget to put some light on it. Reading God's word each day is more than a religious activity. It's more than some kind of self-help He wants to speak to you through his word about today's darkness. Are you hearing me? Right? This leads me to number two, living in the spirit. Well, it requires me to listen. It requires me to listen. God's word and his Holy Spirit, listen, are just not rule books to follow. That's called religion. They are voices to hear. That's called relationship. Right, that, that we might hear and understand. And you might say, I, I, I never really heard God's voice before. And I, I, and, and, and I would ask you this. Have you ever sat still long enough too? Because some of you are like me. Do you know what Mike's problem is? I talk a lot. Stop it. I do. I know y'all don't know that. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I'm looking at my watch right now. Yeah. Don't worry, I only have about an hour of notes left. So, kidding, but, but I talk too much. So sometimes in my prayer life looks like this. Anybody else? Prayer request, prayer request, a little bit of Thanksgiving, prayer request, prayer request, a little adoration, praise, prayer request, prayer request. Amen. We're done. Let me ask you, what did I hear? Did I, did I even listen? Like, isn't it kind of crazy to think that I would go to my wife, think this through, and our relationship would consist of, hey, honey, what time are you taking Ayana to work? When is Jasmine leaving for school? Um, Did you pick up my dry cleaning? Did you need me to do something this afternoon? Um, And uh, great, see ya. That's not relationship, is it? Hey, when, when, when do we listen? Because God wants to speak. Like, you can't respond to what you don't hear. You can't respond to what you don't hear. Isaiah 30 and 21, catch this verse. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this way, walk in it. We have to practice listening to God's voice. 
Slow down. Sit still. Listen, the first time you do it, you're going to fall asleep. Some of you. Some of you, because you're so busy and you're so used to living on adrenaline, that the first time you probably sit down and try to be still before God, you'll fall asleep. That's all right. He'll be there when you wake up. I'm just, I'm just saying. That we slow down and, 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 and sort of sit still. Holy Spirit, when the, the, the word in the original Greek is parakletos, and it is one who comes beside or one who assists. Isn't it crazy to think we have an assistant all day that we're never engaging? Like it, last week when you blew that decision, you know what I'm talking about? You had an assistant there. It's just we never engaged him or listened to him. Right? We, we never took the time to say, what do you think, Holy Spirit, I should do? Hey, gentlemen, let me encourage you. You need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because we say the dumbest things. Come on, men. Right? Come on. You know you do. You know the reality. Men, in our head, we're like, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. But what comes out of our mouth is, you don't sweat much for a fat girl. Come on, men. Hey, men, let me encourage you for a second. What would it look like for you to begin to engage the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to sit here till you tell me something. I'm going to hold my tongue till I hear something. Like we have to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, the reason that we are sitting here in this theater is just simply because the Holy Spirit spoke. When I went to launch this church, I was looking for places to launch the church all over town, commercial property and this and that. And we were even, okay, so I, Confession is good for the soul and bad for the reputation. I was even looking around and seeing if there were any churches that had like a bunch of old people that were dying off and maybe they'd give us their building. But anyway, and then the Holy Spirit said this, the Tropic Theater, that old nasty theater downtown, it's a bar during bike fest. And we went, and the story was it was history, right? The history of it. I can tell you the whole story. It's amazing. And then I was driving by here one day, and we were about to renew our lease at the Tropic Theater. And, and not audibly, but just in my spirit, I heard the Holy Spirit. I drove right past the front of Leesburg High School. And the Holy Spirit said, that's where you need to be. That's going to put you right in the center of developing the next generation and having the largest effect you can have on this community and the place I'm going to put you that's where you need to be. Listen, yeah, 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 yeah. We look forever for a building for Thrive. I looked all over the place. Matter of fact, we were about to sign on a 10,000 square foot facility. Right now we would be hurting financially because COVID would have absolutely killed us. It was like $6,000 a month or some crazy madness that I was about to sign, right? Because Mike was like, that's awesome. Without listening to the Holy Spirit. And then God shut it down. Listen to me, God shut it down. And then this crazy little building came up and it's phenomenal where God is playing. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? We're so hard-headed in our flesh. It's to do it our own way when the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Let me challenge you this week. Maybe it's right as soon as you get up or maybe it's when you're driving into work or whatever kind of your morning Would you stop this week and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? And then do your best to listen. And then it's going to take number three. 
Living in the Spirit requires me to follow. Let me say it to you this way. Listen, (laughs) you cannot call yourself a follower of Christ if you don't follow what he tells you. Like many of us call ourselves followers, but really are we? Is it, is, it, is it simply by name? And most of us, and I'm the same way, we have yeah, but syndrome. I had a, a couple come to me. This is several years ago. Had a couple come to me. Both of them were widow and widower, and they lived next door to each other. And um, the first the lady came to me. I was real close with her, and she came to me, and she's like, Pastor Mike, I think I'm in love. She's like in her 80s, right? I'm like, she'd been my grandmother, maybe my great-grandmother, right, kind of thing. And I'm like, you're in love. Okay, well, let's sit down and talk. So she brings this guy back. And here's what they said to me. Catch this. You know, we've looked at it, and we're trying to figure out, could you marry us without marrying us? And I said, I'm not following you. I'm not tracking with you. Well, if we get married, it is a fin- it's financially detrimental because of the way that we're set up for us to do it that way. And I looked at them and I was like, guys, uh, I, I can't do that. Like, we either do this or we don't do this. We either do it God's way or we don't do it God's way. Right? The most awkward part of that conversation was here they come in and we're doing premarital counseling. They decided, finally decided to get married and do it God's way and suck it up and take it. However it worked. And they trusted God and it worked famously. It's amazing how God does that. Right? But they came in and they sat down in my office and we're doing premarital counseling with 80-year-olds. So I kind of went through what I normally went through. And I felt really awkward as I looked at my grandmother, great-grandmother, and said, uh, uh, are, are y'all keeping it pure? I mean, y'all live right next to each other. And she went, oh my gosh, it is so hard. You just looked like you needed to laugh for a minute. But listen to me very seriously. It did happen that way. And they did keep it pure. At least they told me they did. Listen, we've got to to follow what God tells us to do. Like we need his word because we need to see because darkness is all around us. Are you hearing me? We've got to learn to listen. We've got to hear his Holy Spirit and develop that. I know you're not going to be able to do it at first. So let me challenge you. Ask, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And if he tells you something, even if it's crazy, do it and test it. Because you know what? God will reward your heart, whether it's right or wrong. Are you hearing me? And you will learn to develop a hearing for his word. But then you got to be a follower. We've got to fight this flesh inside of us, this thing inside of us that wants to do it our own way. This is not my life to live. My life was bought with the cross of Jesus Christ. And now I am but a slave to whatever it is that he has called me to do. And you too. See, listen, follow. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, thank you for your word that reminds us of the simple stuff. Today is really, it's it's simple and yet profound and huge. And while you've got your eyes closed and your head bowed for a second, I just... Let me ask you, so where are you struggling in this? Are you struggling because you don't see? In other words, you're in a place right now that's dark 
and you don't see the answer or the way out. And can, we, can I challenge you with the answers are right there in his book. You've got to get engaged in his holy word and he will bring light. Are you struggling because maybe you struggle with listening and sitting still? And we've got to develop a discipline of sitting still, of being still. Are you struggling because maybe if you're honest, you don't follow, you've got that rebellious streak inside of you. Maybe, yeah, but is just too much a part of my vocabulary. And the prayer today is, Holy Spirit, would you break down my rebellious heart that I might submit to you? Or maybe there's some of you today here struggling because you haven't even begun a relationship with Jesus yet. And today, maybe you heard it a little bit differently and you go, you know, I'd like to know what that feels like and looks like. So I'm gonna pray a very simple prayer, give you some words to pray, to receive him today. Nothing special about my words, just what's special is the sincerity of your heart. Something like this, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I give you my heart. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Come in that I might live through your spirit in relationship with you as best as I know how I'm going to follow you the rest of my life. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Church, we're going to sing and sing ourselves out today. But I really want to challenge you in this concept. Simple stuff, simple stuff, right? Like again, We've talked about reading the Bible. We talk about sitting still. We talk about prayer life. It is the only way you're going to sort through the darkness of this world. Are you hearing me? And so what about you? What is the next step for you? What is it that you go, you know what? I need to put back in a reading plan. I need to put back in stillness in my life. I need to deal with my rebellion that's inside of me that I might be the follower that he's called me to be. Don't walk out of here today and not respond to what God has said today. Amen? Amen, amen. If you're coming to Life Steps, I'll see you in Life Steps in just a bit. I'm going to let the worship team sing, and you can feel free to be dismissed whenever you want, but they're going to sing Glorious Day. I challenge you to stand to your feet, and let's give God a little bit of worship today.
से 